stuff. Can you hear that? Let's start this off with a little ASMR. Mm, I know this looks like a, a huge drink, but I, I swear it's like this much wine and then in a can of um, sparkling water. It's passion fruit sparkling water that I get at HEB, who is not sponsoring this podcast at all. So this is not brought to you by passion fruit flavored sparkling water found at HEB, which is delicious, especially with like a cup of wine. Not a cup. Not a cup. But 23 degrees in Texas, I am frozen and chilled to the bone. But let's get started. This is Supernatural Movie Machine, where we talk about supernatural movies. I am your host, Sasha Keo. Follow me on Instagram at Sasha underscore Keo. You can also find much more content at SashaKeo.com, where I post blogs and updates about what I'm writing as an indie author. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening in. Today we are reviewing Creature Feature Wildling. This is my first podcast, so I totally expect to really mess some things up, but we'll see. It's worth volunteering up front that I'm pretty tired of women's coming-of-age stories revolving around getting a period and then suddenly bursting with sexual energy. Girls in my fourth grade class were getting their periods. Lots of us didn't lose our virginities until our 20s, and believe me, it wasn't a big deal. Leaning on this, what's happening to my body, looking at you, Spider-Man, with all your sticky white fluids and sudden musculature, <laughs> trope, as a plot device is pretty boring. Wildling falls into this trap without doing much else interesting to comment on a girl's coming-of-age experience, except that she turns into a were-creature, because it's a metaphor for, like, nature or women. Let's chat. The official synopsis. Anna spends her entire childhood under the care of a mysterious man she knows only as Daddy. He keeps her locked in an attic, making her fear the wildling, a child-eating monster that roams the outside. At age 16, Anna is freed by small-town sheriff Ellen Cooper, who helps her start a new life as a normal teenager. The short version is, a blossoming teenager uncovers the dark secret behind her traumatic childhood. The metaphor. There are two options for what the main metaphor of this movie could be. A. Puberty for a woman. Or B. Nature versus nurture or all mankind. Wildling doesn't elevate itself with either beauty or gore or depth in this horror drama. As much as I despise the your period makes you a woman trope, it's pretty lame that coming-of-age stories for women, and by extension, what makes a woman, boils down to period, sex, pregnancy. Spoilers abound, by the way, if you haven't seen the 2018 piece yet. Pregnancy and motherhood are very different. Mother is a role that is played. It's something defined by society. Pregnancy is the physical part of procreation. Equating the two is like equating sex and adulthood. 
which this film also seems to do. I mean, let's back up. Look at that one-line synopsis. Look at it. It says, blossoming. I think I threw up in my mouth a little. Anna, who we see grow up from an adorable toddler, is 16. And the movie ends with her having sex in the woods and getting pregnant and running off to be with her own kind, as if it's some wild magic. Even roaches have babies. I wouldn't be so bothered by the sudden motherhood angle if the movie didn't push it near the final brutal conflict as Anna's sole reason to survive. There's a point where she's being overcome by smoke, but touches her belly and, as if inspired by the thing growing inside of her, gathers her energy and decides, I'm not dying today, because motherhood? Wild animals don't do that. They just survive. If the framing of the movie had been different, if it had been about motherhood or centered on a pregnant woman creature who is doing everything she can to survive, to preserve her pregnancy, then sure, she'd have that motivation as part of her character. I'd know that going in, but thrusting this motivation on Anna just seems lame. Oh, and let's briefly discuss Anna's, um, daddy issues? I mean, yeah. Every girl that's gotten pregnant at 16 by fucking a boy in the woods one time has daddy issues, right? Just... <laughs> okay. Daddy is played by Brad Dorif, who I'm just gonna call Chucky. Uh, Chucky has imprisoned Anna since she was an infant, prevented Anna from getting her period by shooting her up with endometriosis injections. She got sick, he got guilty, and shot himself rather than killing her, which he also seemed to want to do. Turns out that him and the town posse of wildling hunters had eradicated all of the wildlings 16 years ago. But he decided to secretly keep her. Why? We never find out. Later on, because you can't kill Chucky, he comes back with a gang to hunt Anna down. But when he finds her, he tries to cut the baby out of her womb. He tells her that he's going to name it after her. Again, why? We never find out. A little motivation would go a long way here. Tragic backstory with his own dead kid? He's shooting blanks? Like what? What is it? Why is it? Of course, because she's pregnant, she's able to overcome the effects of anesthesia, unhinge her jaw, and kill her daddy. Righty then. The creature. The transformation is ugly, which I can get behind. If you've ever had those teeth falling out nightmares, <laughs> hello anxiety, you may hate this. At one point she's kissing her love interest and her mouth just starts pouring blood and she spits her molars into the sink. It's pretty great. Pointy teeth start poking through to replace them. Her nails start getting dark streaks and eventually turn into claws. I like that the transformation is paced out a bit. She's not hulking out into a wildling. Let's skip over the getting darker skinned makes you more animalistic because she was Snow White to begin with and agree that it's black fur that erupts over her face. Even though it starts off as a sort of mud mask camo, then she just is that color and also it very clearly isn't fur oh and she gets glowy eyes 
That's really about it. Otherwise, she still looks like a person. Or like a Neanderthal? It's kind of a CGI mess at points when she unhinges her jaw and half her head opens like a Muppet. But the very last shot of her in practical creature makeup is actually stunning. As far as the actual story goes, it's simple but not executed in an interesting way. Uh, setups are blindly introduced and get paid off in ways that aren't satisfying. She has visions of the Northern Lights, so she just goes there. That's where her kind are, which we could have guessed. She gets shown a porno by her love interest to show her where babies come from, when in context it would have made more sense to show her a birthing video, which is, would have also been shocking. And she later has sex with him and gets pregnant. Um, we see a skull with pointy teeth and the next thing you know her teeth are falling out and are replaced by pointy teeth of her own. It's just meh. Nothing shocks or surprises, no reveals, interesting possibilities float into the picture and aren't grabbed. Everything just happens so that the story can go on without conflict. The plot is simply that a cloistered teenage girl with daddy issues is let out into the world, has sex with the first boy she meets, gets pregnant, and runs away to find her real family. And um, turns into a creature along the way, which her daddy and his friends don't like, so they try to kill her. But they don't. She's fine. Her baby is fine. Her baby daddy and his sister, the worst sheriff ever, are fine. No repercussions for them. Bad guys get what's coming to them. It's all just fine. So if it's all just fine, why the metaphors? Tackling the puberty metaphor first. It's not really a metaphor if the story follows the literal maturation and sexualization of a young girl and ends with her being pregnant and having a baby. That's not womanhood. This is what I mean about the movie not elevating itself. Wildling is about the literal physical changes of sexual maturity. Nothing more. Anna doesn't evolve emotionally unless you count the ham-fisted crutch of she's become a mother so she has a reason to live. She gains some knowledge about her past, pouts a little at her authority figures, daddy and the terrible sheriff, but does not mature in any way besides physically. And the movie lets you know that by physically, they mean sexually. From the tub scene where we can see her breasts, keep in mind she's supposed to be 16 for fuck's sake. To the chemistry the movie decides she has with the only boy she knows, to the sex scene in the woods, all the way up to the furry, engorged CGI pregnancy breasts that flop around as she thrashes. And the motherhood thing again. Most mothers don't get pregnant on purpose, and an increasing amount of women are choosing not to have children at all. There are also women who can't have children, or who do not birth their children. Equating womanhood with motherhood, especially pregnancy and birth, completely lessens everything it is to be a woman. Playing devil's advocate to myself, you might be able to say that her lack of character growth is her being true to her wild feminine self. But in that case, she wouldn't be trying to hide her transformation, and it wouldn't have been because a man showed her the truth of herself and her past. I'm not going to even elaborate on this scarred man wearing wolf skins who she meets twice in the woods because the movie didn't. At all. Real, real quick though, 
if they were going to address the daddy issues, they could have also gone this route uh, with the wolfman as a shifter or wildling, possibly the last male wildling who seduces Anna with the knowledge of her natural self. He's older, wiser, more wild. It works at first, this dark but unfulfilled because she's 16. Anyway, this dark sexual attraction between them. But he's a killer, and she decides that she has a choice in how wild she wants to be and how and with whom she wants to spend her life. So she fights to leave him, maybe even kill him, bests him using the knowledge and instinct that he's taught her to tap into. And then she has to grieve the loss of a potential teacher and lover, but she can step out on her own and discover who she is. Have you ever read The Witching Hour by Anne Rice or seen that movie Stoker? They're weird stories that make me feel weird about myself. I like it, and it's related. Anyway. In Wildling, none of this happened. Not even close. The only real metaphor is our second option, uh, vague statements about nature. In this scenario, we have mankind keeping nature in a cage, controlling it, suppressing it. He loves it as much as he hates it, but mankind is self-destructive and nature will always find a way to return to its wild self, to propagate, to survive. Mankind will roil against it, but nature will not be and cannot be stopped. This, of course, is a flowery way to hand-wave away all the many, many problems with the movie, but it's one I'll accept. Equating a senseless teen pregnancy with the chaotic impulses of nature, rather than womanhood, sits better as a story device. It's just too bad that the story doesn't lean in this direction. At all. Even visually, Though this small town is nestled against what is apparently a dense forested area, including a mountain where a pack of wildlings once lived in seclusion, it doesn't ever feel wild. The forest seems close, accessible, tamed, domesticated. When she runs off into the woods, it never feels like she's deep into anywhere. Probably because it's only ever a few moments before she meets someone there. The wolfman, the sexual assault kid, the very house she grew up in all seem to be within easy reach. There are even booby traps set up by the wolfman. Why? We don't know. Besides it being another obvious setup with an equally obvious payoff. Ugh, anyway, how wild is this wilderness if there are so many people in it? The camera wants to portray vastness. But due to the storytelling, it never stops feeling absolutely shallow. But what always bugs me the most about a movie that seems to be kind of into itself like Wildling is the amount of things that don't make sense. Why isn't Chucky's desire for a child explained? Why would someone who lives in the country report a gunshot? Believe me, they don't. How did Chucky get endometriosis medication? Why does Liv Tyler, as the sheriff, assume the girl she knows A. never had a period and B. was a literal prisoner, knows how to use tampons? She's flat out surprised that Anna is clueless. Why didn't Chucky's posse turn on him when they found out he was hiding a wildling as a secret daughter? Why did Chucky want to cut the baby out of her? Does he just want a kid? Why? 
Does the whole town know about wildlings or just every grown man that we see in the movie that's not a doctor? Does Anna know how to take care of a baby? Does she know what a baby is? Even animals fuck up the first try a lot of times. Are we not going to explain the man wearing a wolf pelt, including the whole wolf head atop his own at all? Really? He's just like in town. He's sitting on a bench outside the liquor store on the main road when Anna is driven in. He seems to know what she is from that distance. He's got a scarred face, cloudy eye, and is wearing wolf skin as clothes, and we're not gonna say anything about him? Is he a shifter? Is he just a vessel for exposition? He's not even a person of color, like I know that would be stereotypical, but him just being a white dude in the middle of a white dude town only makes me absolutely burst with more questions. Who is he, wildling? Just who the fuck is he? He's not a wildling, you established that. Is he just exposition man? Why not have Lady Librarian have all the exposition, since that's where Anna learns everything else like in every other movie. Oh, let's just go to the library to learn about predators because that's the easiest way to convey exactly what our character is learning from textbooks with pictures not experience that would be too vague this is what's wrong with our educational system and by God's damn it's a big part of what's wrong with this movie you know what another big part is live Tyler let me take a sip of my delicious carbonated drink here not only does Liv Tyler do nothing for this movie? The character isn't even likable. I don't know who thought that Liv Tyler could act as a gum-chewing, truck-driving, uniform-wearing, hamburger-eating sheriff, but no. The problem isn't that she's a woman. The problem is that you're putting an elf in a police costume and trying to pass her off as a human. Liv looks as uncomfortable as she does unnatural in a police uniform. I cannot believe that she knows how to fire up the grill or knows what goes with ketchup. And the human she's posing as is kind of an asshole. When we first meet Sheriff Liv, she's chewing gum in a way that clearly indicates that she's never done it before, as if the concept of, no, no, you just chew it, doesn't click. I can't describe it. It's something you have to see. She's holding the gum in her mouth like someone told her it's a secret and she has to keep it there safe and that if she bites down too hard, something bad will happen. I don't know. Anyway, Sheriff doesn't really step up and offer to take Anna with her. Anna asserts that she's going with Liv and Liv is cool with it. Even smirks like, yeah, you see, homegirl told you we're women. We're Men, we vibe. I'm totally down. And then the first encounter we have with them in the real world is her making fun of Anna for not liking my driving. I'm only going 20 miles per hour. She, Liv, she's been a prisoner her whole life. You know this. Isn't this like the biggest case you've ever had in this town? Didn't you investigate the house at all? You know she's been kept in one room for as long as she can remember until she woke up in a fucking hospital. Then as they drive past the Wolfman, we see a boy commit a blatant sexual assault in the crosswalk. Sheriff Liv honks her horn at him. 
The girls in the crosswalk do not lap it off. They clutch each other and walk away hurriedly. Liv is like, you want to stay away from guys like him. Or, hear me out, Sheriff. You want to make a report on guys like him. At the very least. She also makes this comment later on that only men are daddies and women are mommies and everyone has them, like it or not. It just rubs me the wrong fucking way. It's such a bland thing to say, but from someone wearing a uniform who seems to be the stand-in for authority in this flick, I have to wonder what the intent is. Especially considering that she's talking to someone who was raised as a prisoner by her father figure without a mother. It's callous at best, and the line exists only to establish the function of gender roles, because the question, are you his daddy, posed by Anna to Liv, is really, are you his parent and caretaker, not what is your gender. This doesn't even lead to a discussion about parents, which might have been interesting. Like, was it cut? Because without the context of, let's talk about how you sometimes don't have parents or the person who raises you may not be the best, it's just this random thing to say without context or nuance that definitely needs both. When Liv has Anna home the first night, she leaves the bedroom open in Anna's room. This spoops Anna, who verbalizes that she wants it closed because of the scary stories Chucky used to tell her about the evil wildling. Sheriff Liv completely discounts both this fear and Anna's clear request and leaves the window open. When Anna gets her first period, Liv tosses her a box of tampons is like, you know how to use these, don't you? You don't? For fuck's sake, Liv. We were there when the doctor told you that she'd been receiving daily shots to stop her period. Even so, she's been a prisoner since birth. What is so shocking about her not knowing what the fuck a tampon is? She straight up arrests Anna for murder without questioning her or providing her legal counsel due to the discovery of highly circumstantial evidence that just as easily seems to indicate that a sexual assault took place by the same kid who she saw sexually assault the girl in the crosswalk. Sure, he's dead now due to a gnarly bite to the throat, but she doesn't take Anna to get a rape kit done or try to help Anna in any way at all. Guilty until proven innocent. The only real good Liv does is get knocked out so that Anna can escape the jail she put her in. I get it, Anna. Run away. Fuck people. Overall review, Wildling is a beautiful movie that doesn't take any risks, resting on surprisingly conservative traditional social values and the almost boring sentimentality of the nature of women and nature itself. For such an attempt at grand metaphors, the story comes off as small-minded and uncomplicated. There is no internal conflict, no real challenge, nothing is uncomfortable. It's very clear who the bad guys are. For what it's worth, I find Belle Powley captivating and the practical effects are well done in that one scene. The movie is easy on the eyes, as unchallenging as the plot. We don't get many creature movies at all. So I'll take it. So, what do you think? Have you seen The Wildling? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you agree? 
Did you disagree? Do you want to rant with me? Go to SashaKeo.com. You'll find it as a blog post under reviews. Feel free to drop a comment. You can also follow me on social media. Send me an email, chat with me or whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the whole thing. I should have more of these coming soon. This is Supernatural Movie Machine. I am Sasha, and I will catch you later.